Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Live from Estopanol End. It's the Bamos Morados Podcast, powered by the state of Louisville. Welcome to the Vamos Morados Podcast on the State of Louisville Podcast Network. I am your host, Zach. I am here with my buddy and co-host, Benton. And Ben, this is our last recap of the year. I'm hoping we'd do do another one after this, but it wasn't to be. You know what makes it sting even more? Phoenix won in the West, so we would have hosted if we had gone through. Yeah, well, I mean, as soon as our game ended, I was like, "Please let Sacramento win." Is is alluring as the prospect of it was having a home final, like you know, and cheering on Phoenix, whatnot was. I I was not looking past the battery, so that one didn't. That one. I said at the moment the game was over. Yeah, (laughs) we got we got time to get into that. We only got one game to cover this week, so before we get into that, Ben, what are you into this week? I guess what I'm into is um I'm. I'm shifting from my my soccer life to my non-soccer life. You know, with the with the season ending, I'm going to have more time on my hands because all the writing and podcast recording and whatnot takes a good bit of time. There's a lot of things I've been procrastinating on. You can see it; our listeners cannot. But my room is kind of a hot mess, so this is that is near the top of the the list. Is reorganize my room and make it a more usable space because you can't even you can't even see the the full cool damage I have going on here. So a lot of household sort of chores like that, that I've been really putting off that I, that I need to get done. So um, what I'm into is being productive. How about that? Nice. Not fun, but like it's stuff I need to do. And I keep telling myself, Oh, when soccer season's over, when soccer season's over, well, you know what? That time has come over. Yeah. So I'm actually going to follow through with it and, and get shit done. What about you, Zach? What have you been into this week? Uh, I read a good book this week. I finished reading a good book this week. Uh, uh, so one of my favorite authors, uh, Jason Pargin, who uh, he used to be like a writer and editor at Cracked, which I was always a big fan of the comedy website. Uh, and he uh, he's he does novels now. And he uh, he writes one series that I really love and read a bunch of is uh, John Dies at the End books. They made a movie out of the first one. Uh, the name the sounded movie, familiar. The movie's really fun, and the book the books are really good. Uh, but he has he has like a second series that uh, 
I had not read yet, but the newest book in that series came out this week. And so I decided to go back and start with the first one and catch up on that one. Uh, and uh, the the book I read was Futuristic Violence and Fancy Suits, uh, which is really fun. Uh, it's very funny, but also like has a lot of good like tension. His books are really good. Like everyone in the books talks like I wish I talked in real life, just like super witty and sarcastic constantly. <laughs> the John Dies of the End books are horror books. And this is kind of like a similar vibe, but they're sci-fi instead of horror. So it, it was really good. That's Zoe Ash is the main, I think it's called the Zoe Ash series. She's the main character, but her uh, dad ran a, uh, criminal empire and was, and was like one of the richest people in the world kind of near like 20 years from now future he was not a part of real part of her life and she grew up in a trailer park and he dies and she inherits his entire thing and a bunch of people with mutant power augmentations are trying to murder her and she's just trying to stay alive it's a very fun book so definitely Plenty recommend time to read the the new one is coming out so definitely a good time to read the zoe ash books you go. I've been that's something I've been doing more of is is reading lately, and I've been sticking with it. I think I brought that up a few weeks ago. So nice. Well, definitely my favorite book from his. He does this nice thing where he has series, but also any any individual book in it can just be read on its own. It's not super contingent on having read the previous ones. That's so nice. I like the flexibility yeah. that both situations work. Yeah, this book is full of spiders is my favorite book by him, which is like the second one in the John John Dies at the End books. It's really good. Well, Benton, speaking of horror, we said the most important thing was that Louisville needed to score early in that Charleston game to set the tone, and they did the opposite. (laughs) Again, uh, a running theme for the end of this season is giving up early goals. I was was paying really close attention when when OMB conceded that that free kick early on i got really panicky because i'm like that's that's one of the key things danny was that was, a was very looking bad out for set pieces lately and yeah that just ended up being the uh the worst like not the worst possible start because we've had worse ones particularly in this playoff run but um <laughs> but it was uh it was ex- not exactly what we uh what we were needing for what was going to always feel like an uphill battle and it just never fully rebounded from there um kind of felt like the team went back to the pre-detroit having trouble getting scoring opportunities that sort of the the thing the thing theme we've seen all season came back this game yeah i mean like yeah big picture i think this this game was almost like a good summary or I, I guess like kind of a good like one-off example of what the season was like because defensively I didn't think they were not that terrible, poor. but a yeah. couple big mistakes. Yeah, I mean like you know that that free kick that was just an outstanding free kick yeah, that really just sucks for us. And then conceding the penalty was just really, really dumb and unfortunate. But another out, you know, really bad to... decision to leave your feet on that. That's yeah. my Zach's number one rule of defending is if a player is running away from the goal, do not leave your feet. In the yeah. in the in the penalty box, it is it is not worth it. it. Giving up a penalty kick is is too big of a chance uh, on that for whatever yeah. you're going to get by getting the ball. 
Yeah, I mean, was it a bad call? Like, yeah, I, I think it was. But at the same time, like he he gave the referee the the opportunity my, to make that call. So my take on it is a bad call, worst decision to to go for the slide tackle there. Yep, yep, that's fair. But um, but you know, to to my point, like outside outside of that, like those those moments, like I thought they were still they were pretty like defensively solid. I think they they did a decent job of limiting. Charleston's opportunity, but you know, kind of as you already alluded to on the on the flip side, offensively, it was just it was really tough to to kind of find anything on that end. Not a lot of success on the on the offensive end of the pitch until late. I feel like they start getting more momentum, but that kind of turned into like throwing the kitchen sink at him mode. Yeah. So I don't know if that really counts. Yeah, they had a two goal lead. They were just trying to take it home. Yeah, and I mean, we just yeah just complete overhaul of subs changing system. And I think it's just more of a, a product of like just pressing harder on the gas rather than, than the guys figuring it out. If that makes sense. Yeah. So what was Charleston I mean, like? You took the trip. Yeah, I, I did. I, I wanna, let's take a break from the game for a sec. Tell us, tell us about Charleston. Yes. Yeah, so I flew in um, that, uh, that morning. No Didn't delays, any, which is nice. Yeah, no delays or issues, which I was was really paranoid about. Um, I had plenty of time to kill, so I just kind of chilled. I didn't actually go into Charleston proper. I was in in Mount Pleasant, where their uh, where the game and stuff is, and there was like a bunch of cool like little restaurants and coffee shops and whatnot, kind of um, nearby where my hotel was. So I just kind of bebopped around, took my time. There was a neat like park. It was kind of like in a a marsh sort of setting, mm-hmm. like. Like it was all elevated, like on on, Very swampy on the deck. Yeah, it was, and so it was, pre- it was pretty neat. Again, I just took my time and enjoyed the day, enjoyed the weather, got some food and stuff, and then, um, you know, then it was game time. Went down to uh, to the game. I was pretty close to it. Um, I almost walked, but I took an Uber. I didn't know, but the like the walking road situation going there I didn't feel like risking it. Um, and because I was also like, it was we're in that weird time of year where the weather is just like awkward, like. You know, in the morning and in the evening, like it's cold out. You want like sleeves, layer up a little bit. But in the middle of the day, like it's pretty hot. So I, you know, I had my stuff because I knew it was going to get cold later. So um, got dropped off there, met up with people at the uh, at the tailgate. Um, so that was a lot of fun. We had a we had a good contingent of of Louisville City yeah. fans travel down. So um, so I went and hung out with them for a bit and then went into the stadium itself. Um I had driven by that area before when I was in Charleston, like, gosh, like, what was that, like 10 years ago or so? So I kind of, like, remembered the, the vicinity. I didn't remember much about the stadium. I mean, first off, it's the University of Charleston Stadium. But what's kind of interesting about it is it's, like, connected to their 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 baseball stadium. So, like, the back, like, structuring of, their, uh, of like, the backstop and the stands for the baseball stuff butts up against the stands to uh, – for – for like the soccer pitch and mm-hmm. so like they share like bathrooms and stuff like that so i thought that was an like interesting like design exactly. thing but but i mean as far as the venue like i liked in the corner of the field the concession stands had a little stairwell and you could sit on top of the concession or stand sit slash stand on top of the concession stand and watch the game from there which is kind of neat i thought yeah they were neat they were like little shipping containers unfortunately so I, 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 the way I went around, like I went, I went around to go, like I was looping around. That was going to be like pretty much my last stop of things I hadn't seen. And, um, there's like a small end on, on one side. That's where they had like a lot of the fly, like the real passionate fans were like the, um, cause the, the bigger, like other end stand, they were, seemed a little more subdued. But, um, so I tried to cut through that end and they wouldn't let me like pass through. They had like a little, like a little chain thing up and I'm like, I'm not walking around. 
But uh, the one cool thing they had there, and and I'm sure that this was very much a product of being in the Eastern Conference Finals rather than a regular every game thing, is that a little area where they had a bunch of like little food trucks and uh, like beer vendors and whatnot. And it's a little like like mini sort of festival setup. I mean, I'd much rather have what what we have at Lynn Family Stadium. But if you're going to be in a situation like they're in, that was kind of fun. We, we also have food trucks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but. Just trying to just trying to find the find the positives. Other than Love that, food trucks. Like, Can't go wrong with it, food trucks. Yeah, I mean, other than that, like it's just like it's just a very basic, small like soccer stadium. Not particularly bad. Not particularly great. The atmosphere is good. Like, and we had a, we had a good crowd. We were kind of near one of the ends, and I, I forget who said. It. I don't know if it was you texted me or if somebody else said it, but they like we sent it really loud on the broadcast. Apparently, yeah. must sitting by a microphone. Sort of seemed like the mic was right next to the Louisville section because yeah. you could hear the loudest chance were the Louisville chance for the whole game yeah and so that's that's a good segue to the other part and I think I, I messaged you about this pretty early on it became apparent there was there was going to be an issue like in the in the fan realm so I just kind of like sat like in the upper part because I like to like have more of an aerial view of the match but like towards the front of this section were uh were Glenn and Carl two of the capos and they're, they're doing their thing. Now, the weird thing that Charleston did is they gave us like one little section and then half of another, like the back half of a, of a second one. So they were stand, they were kind of like in the front part of that. And so there were battery fans kind of mixed in the lower part. And this one lo- woman was not happy that A, they were standing and B, they were cheering so much. Within like five minutes. That's on them for how they structured it. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's totally on them. And you know, Glenn and Carl, like I was watching, they're like, like, sorry, these are who our seats are, we're, you know, we're going to do our thing here. They, I mean, security, thankfully, didn't didn't seem to to do anything for him, didn't try to kick him out or anything like that. But like I, I could tell that one was like super pissed and whatnot. I thought that was pretty funny. That that kept me. Uh, that was the secondary game I was watching, watching that drama. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it was, it was a good experience kind of up to then. Um, then, you know, as the game progressed and obviously as things went on there, like. It, it was really clear that the Charleston battery fans had not been in that position before, like, like, like winning, you know, winning an Eastern conference final, getting, you know, getting a trophy, going to, going to the finals because they were, and and I'm, you know, again, I'm, I'm sure that we have fans like this. So they were real, like, I think sore winners about it. Um, yeah. You know, they like there... one guy, like there's some guy like literally came over with like a flag. There's like 15 minutes left. Like there's like, it wasn't like the dying minutes of the game. Like there's still like enough time for something to happen. He came over from their like uh, their little supporters and with a flag and stuff, just jumping front of like waving a flag, like like obviously trying to start shit. He got shoved away, but it's like come on, like you guys yeah, want like a, a, enjoy it. Like why why are you bringing us into it? I don't know. I just and again, I'm sure we have fans that that might do stuff like that. Not you, listener. You're not like that, but. I don't know. I just it, it just to me, I'm like, this is like this is really like small club thing here. Like it's clear they haven't been my, good in a very long time and it's going right to the head. My philosophy is after after games, uh when when we are walking out and passing the away fans who came, especially after a win, I always make a point to thank them for coming to the stadium and oh, there was the absolutely trip. none of that. Because you won the game. You already got the prize. You don't need to show off anything else. Like exactly, yeah. You you need to be a good host because we like people coming and spending money at our concession stands and giving our yep. team more money, and we want them to continue doing that. 
And games are more fun when people from the other team are there too. So be a grown up and thank them for their trip. Yep. Um, you are an yeah, adult. So- <laughs> I'm sure they have good fans amongst their their ranks, but like the there's there's few weird like just sour instances that were just kind of unnecessary. Like they didn't bother me all that much at the end of the day, but it was like I guess it bothered me a little bit. Like the fact is annoying. It's like come on, like you got you guys won. Like we we get it. Like they're just clearly start trying to like start shit, and I don't know that I've seen that experience really at any other uh, any other like game I've been to. You know, the only. The only time I get sour with away team fans are at NWSL at racing games when there are people there in other teams' jerseys that are clearly from the greater Louisville area. I am yep. furious. <laughs> <laughs> I love when fans make the trip to come see us, but if you live in Louisville and you show up to a racing game in another team's jersey, I hate you and you need to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the the other part is like that probably like peppered my experience towards it. I I had a I had a media pass. I took some pictures. I posted them on Instagram. Um, you know, if you're listening, you want to check them out. I, I was proud of some of my shots. Anyway, um, to the point, like so I I really only went down. I went to the field like at the start of the match and then like right after, like right right at halftime, like right as the second half was starting. And then like towards the end of the match when it was pretty clear like what the outcome was going to be. I'm like, let's try to get some shots and whatnot. And, you know, they're obviously just like the, some Charleston fans kind of came over in that vicinity. And we're just like kind of, I think, yelling shit largely at the at the players and whatnot. And so, I, you know, my again, my, my experience is also peppered with that. It's like, come on, guys, like, I don't know, pretty yeah, classless. But again, I'm not I'm not like I know I know that we probably have fans like that as well and that we've probably had people had bad experience at our house. So, um, you know, just just don't be that fan, you know. When you win, you can just like smirk and smile at him or whatnot. Like, but don't go out of your Enjoy way. Enjoy that you won. Feel, yeah. feel, feel the superiority of having won without feeling the need to project that onto other people. Yeah. Also, yeah, you're not so. on the team. You didn't win the team one. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. You didn't do shit. <laughs> you, you know, you just bought some overpriced beers, you know? Um, yeah. So I, I went on that way longer than I intended uh, to, but it, it, overall, like, you know, like the Charleston area is like, like super awesome. They have a lot of great places to eat. Like, you know, again, the venues like not sexy at all, but like, honestly, it really wasn't like, it wasn't bad. Yeah. You know, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a bad time. Is it like a place you're going to like, you're going to circle on the calendar and want to, want to go back to, uh, you know, probably not, but there were absolutely worse places that you could go. And if you want to go like pair, like going to see a soccer match with like the a good cool city and area, that's, yeah, that's I say, if trip. you want to pair it with a vacation, that's a good spot exactly exactly like the you know the the game day stuff like it's it's fine and whatnot but like you're going to charleston like you know isle of palms like sullivan island all, all the stuff like that like like <laughs> barbecue you know there's probably some soccer matches i would go like just like for the soccer match but that's not one of them do you but, give me so, a bottle of the of the of the mustard barbecue sauce i just forgot i'm sorry <laughs> oh, terrible co-host so i have heard i've heard talk some grumblings after the game. Do you think Danny got outcoached in this final? Um, that that has been I not like a a huge thing, but like I've heard some people saying that like Ben Pierman sort of out out outcoached Danny in this game. Danny didn't really make the tactical adjust, adjustments he need he needed as the game went on. I feel like maybe that's a little bit revisionist history. I just think overall, like in, in most respects, they were, I mean, they were a better team. Like one thing that really stood out to me 
and we can talk about a little bit more about this um in a little later it was like their speed like they were i think they're just like way faster than us i think they're they're you know their team was was hungrier for it i mean uh, tactically i guess that you know they obviously had had a winning game plan i mean you have to think it was still pretty like pretty thin margins there they got like they scored one hell of a one hell of a free kick you don't you do not always hit those and then we gave away a penalty so like again like it was just like kind of felt like a coin flick game like it felt like the team sort of played it even and it was just going to be who made a mistake exactly exactly that's exactly how i was thinking that and that's what i was that's what i was thinking going into the game too i'm like man this is just gonna be close margins and and they um, look like two teams that had played two draws in the regular season against each other and the phrasing that that coach Cruz has has he used that um um after that game and in other matches is that like is talking about critical moments and he's like we we lost his critical moments and i mean it's it's totally right because again on the on the run of play like the team wasn't horrendous like offensively like left a lot to be desired defensively I, I, again i thought they were pretty sound outside some some moments but you know Charleston was just a little bit better of the team overall. And like, if we're going to be completely honest, you know, probably fair. If you look at like, like look at the complete body of work, all three matches, these teams played against one another, like real close, like, but they, Charleston is probably the team that, that should have won. Like, again, especially think back to that second match at Lynn family stadium, where it kind of ended in controversy. They, they probably got robbed some points there with, with that no call at the end. Probably fired him up for this one. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't feel bad about it because of how much we got robbed this season. But to, I mean, to the ultimate point, like I think the better team won. It sucks that we were not the better team, but they were. And and you have to also think we were pretty fortunate to even make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yep. And what sucked about this defeat is that my hopes had gotten back up too. You know, we got that momentum. All of a sudden, I'm all excited and and whatnot again. And so, um. Yeah, just a lot of a lot of complicated feelings about that one. Charleston's a, a you know a very good team. It it sucks. I hate it because I hate because I, I you know even just visually I hate the yellow and black color combination. Going back to my like my my football fandom, like I absolutely despise the Steelers. So like it go, it pairs really well that now we we have maybe a a blossoming rivalry, like a competitive rivalry with them. So because I'm always down to hate a yellow and black team. Oh yeah. Do you want to do you know how spoiled we are as fans, Benton? Do you know what my follow-up question I thought of for a half second was? I was going to be like, is this the longest that the team has gone without being in a final? I forgot we were in the final last year. <laughs> just, just glazed over it in my head. Yeah, I mean, our success has been, been pretty ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, even with this being like air quote, like a down year, like... Many other teams absolutely killed to have the year that we did. So I don't know. It's um comfortable playoff spot. Not yeah, this not top four, but also not at any risk of ever not making the playoffs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to I want to I want to circle back to was uh yeah, I mentioned I I just felt that their team was was really fast. And I don't think it ultimately resulted in any any of the goals or huge critical moments but i think it made our job that much tougher on both sides of the pitch was that just me or did you kind of like observe that as well i would disagree that it didn't affect it because i I would say both of the penalties they gave up came because we were chasing or the the free kick and the penalty kick 
were both like, I'm not confident I catch this person on my feet, and so I'm I'm going to ground well, to well, try to get the now, ball. Is that is that a product of them being faster or them in a better position for the for the sequence? Uh I think the second the 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 penalty kick was a really good pass and a good run. So not so much on that one. I think that the the Ombi the 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 free kick was just a guy like turned on the jets and, and got yeah. into space. And you even think about like, like Carlos getting that, that red card at the end. Like that was a, yeah. that was a desperation foul. The, foul. Ye- he, he the yellow card before that was, was, was also kind of, yeah. Yeah. So that was the, again, that was one normally speed. Isn't something that jumps off the page as far as it being like a differentiating factor. But, but to me, that's the speed. It felt like, maybe, maybe it wasn't the biggest, like first or second biggest item. It was a close but game, but that make- was the edge. Yeah, it did make things a, a lot more challenging, and I and I think they are probably above average in terms of speed, and we're probably was, average, if not maybe a little below. I was kind of surprised to see the expected goals were almost dead even. I, I actually haven't even looked at it. What were the numbers? I, just because of the penalty kick, I would have expected Charleston would have been way ahead. Is one point three nine for Charleston to one point two three for for racing? So on paper, for, a, a quite city, close mean. game. Yeah, well, that's um, that's way closer than, than I would have thought. Yeah. I mean, and I think it just goes to show again. We're Which talking. I think like, shows how it's just the big moments. The yep. it was a the very moments, close game, and then Charleston had the edge in the big moments. Yep. So, yeah, I don't. I well, anything stand out to you about the match that, that we haven't yet spoken to, or or just kind of any any overarching thoughts on it? I don't want to get too much into thinking about next season and the recap because we're going to do a full season recap episode where we're going to get into all that so i don't want to dig in but it does especially you mentioned the speed thing i i do wonder coming into this off season how much of a changing of the guard off season this will be it sort of it sort of feels like it sort of feels like this is the especially with the season they had like this is probably the moment to do full a, a more of a rebuild than we've seen. Yeah, I I completely agree. I think the playoff run complicates things a little bit, but I think ultimately it's it's the same situation we were in when we were talking about it, you know, months ago when 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 it felt like all doom and gloom. I I, I think there's going to be a notable amount of turnover, and I think we are going to lose probably several fan favorites. Um, that uh, I'm what I'm told is that we're, it's going to take a little longer than it normally does for for us to hear. Normally, it's like you know, a, like a couple week turnaround might be might be a little closer to the month, the end of that spectrum. I don't, well, I don't have any I sort think, of a date, but I just know it's. I was told prepare for it to be a little bit longer of a wait. Even if we don't, I think even the fan favorites that stay are probably not going to have the the position on the team. I think we're yeah. going to see even the people that stay probably transition into more, uh, what, what's the word I want to use free roll for a free roll. Yeah. Yeah, no, that I completely agree with that. Yeah. I think we'll see like, I think probably like half of our starting lineup next year, maybe that's an exaggeration. will be like, like new players, like new into the mix. I think, yeah, I, I, I think, think as far probably... as like our regular players will, I don't think we're like change. fire sale. <laughs> Everybody oh, must yeah. go, but it, I think we probably see 
more change this offseason than we've seen in a while. Yeah. Well, I'm really curious, and we, we, we're not going to know this till till we can ask kind of after the fact, is what's going to be driving the decision, particularly bringing players in. And I'm thinking like in a positional sort of situation, like what do we want our team to be and to play? Like, is is it going to be like a a three five two? Are we going to like really kind of like really continue to work towards making that our identity? Do we do we kind of stay within the four three three sort of thing, or did this season kind of provide some revelations that we need some sort of bigger drastic change? I don't think it's the latter, but um, I'm not ruling it out either. I feel like everything starts with the midfield. That's like my soccer philosophy is any retooling probably needs to go from the midfield out. Yeah. And I, and I think that's, that's what a lot of people have pointed out and called out. Yeah. Um, you know, I could, there, there's guys like, for example, Ra- like Rasmus Thelfson, I, I hate to pick on him specifically, but like completely underwhelming and, and it makes you, um, you know, it makes you think like, is he still like, is he still going to be like a, a, a regular player on the team next season? Or is there still something there to be salvageable? He never like he was never really bad, but he didn't like he wasn't good like we we would have expected. Yeah. Right. And I think there's other players you could probably describe. Which in is that basically way every well. attacker but Ombi this year. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, no, I was thinking no, more so no like one, in the midfield context. No one had a great season in the attack. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm curious about guys like and I don't expect for them to go anywhere. Guys like um Elijah and Carlos. I am I imagine they're going to see more time, particularly Carlos. Carlos seemed to be really winning a lot of favor. It feels like the team, I mean, Carlos finished the season super strong. feels like next year, the team really needs Elijah to make the next step. I think, yeah, I, I think growth wasn't there. That for would be one of the things that would probably contribute to a turnaround more than anything is Elijah sort of taking that next step. Yeah. Yeah, I think this will be a, a big offseason for him as far as preparation, both physically and, and mentally. Need him do some squats. Yeah, he yeah. I want, like I want to see some Elijah the, deadlifts the also all offseason. Yeah, take some take some notes from uh from Jorge. <laughs> Build them legs up. Um, but yeah, no, I um I I think yeah, he'll he'll be a big factor. I, again, like wasn't quite the step forward I was hoping for for him as far as his trajectory. Um, but, you know, he's still a young guy. These guys don't always, you know, pop off overnight. Plus, Nothing wrong with that. He had a brutal injury that took him out for a long time. So, yeah, yeah. You, like that's for sure going to affect your development a little bit. Yeah. Well, so, Ben, you um, want to... Yeah. Uh, you want to throw to some commercials? And we actually have some some news to cover this week. Got some league news we can get to. Yeah, we'll, we'll cut to a quick commercial break. You stay uh, stay tuned. And when we come back, we'll, we'll talk about a little bit of news and notes. So catch you on the flip side. Welcome back to Vamos Morados Podcast. I'm still Zach, still here with Ben. Ben, we got a new TV deal for the league. It means I'm not going to be able to get rid of any streaming subscriptions next year, which is annoying. As a matter of fact, with the NWSL deal, we might have to add a couple streaming subscriptions. USL signed a deal with CBS Network. It's not all the games. I believe it's like 100 or so games. I was going to point that out. Yes, it's 100 uh, games. It's like 
like 70 are on their like Golzo net network Golzo. and then the rest are on like regular five CBS. Games, five games on network CBS TV, which is pretty exciting. Will yep. be the first time the league has been on network television. Yeah, and then a bunch of games on CBS Sports. Yeah. I think I heard that a lot of games will still be on ESPN Plus. Yeah, so there's, I mean, there's obviously a, a outside of local coverage, which we're still allowed to do. So nothing's going to change on that front. Um, I'm I'm sure there's like, there's going to be another announcement in the coming weeks, months about the remainder of the schedule. And it would probably be like an ESPN Plus type of situation. So, um, yeah, just going to be a little bit more diversification. Um, I which sent is not you a bad this, thing, I think. Yeah. Especially for but, a growing league, having maybe different, people who have different subscriptions able to to yeah. come across games is good for you and it's i mean obviously it's it's money and I, I i sent you a tweet i think it was mike pendleton he's like a tampa bay rowdies uh, um fan that that does like a lot in the usl space he noted that the the deal is equivalent to what the mls got in 2014 yeah. so which to kind of get of in insane. terms of like trajectory which i mean i think is absolutely fan you know fantastic like that was like kind of right as the league was starting to really blossom the mls like start to really really get cooking really get some steam and momentum behind it so that is not not bad company like as if like to be in in terms of like growth so I'm, I'm i'm trying to view it positively like do i want more subscri- uh, like subscription services or have to jump around the different channels and whatnot like no but at the end of the day like it's more exposure for the league and more money for the league so i think it's it's going to be in the long run a, a positive might be some annoyance along the, along the way but <laughs> that is that is a better tv deal than the mls had while david beckham was playing in the league <laughs> Damn. I think I mean I think people really <laughs> bought in on soccer like in general so that helps out a lot but um I'm I'm look I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm optimistic that'll be good but we will we will see how things pan out on that front. Feel bad for having to keep up even more streaming services but it was on Golazo. Is that on Paramount Plus? I think it is. Okay. So So at least that one makes like, overlap. So it's not going to matter too much but yeah. Yeah. That's the difference with like the the NWSL thing. We didn't have all of our games like local, so you had. Which to, I I still have not gotten confirmation on how that new deal affects the local. I have not seen any news one way or the other if teams are more able to do local deals now than they were previously. Who knows? I'm sure. Like if it's something positive, we'll hear about it. If it's something yeah. negative, we just continue to not. So we'll see. Zach, was there any other any other notes or items that we were needing to, that we were wanting to bring up? So they've the NWSL has added like an all star style skills challenge. Oh, thing. I completely uh, missed that. Uh, Katie Lund is in it. Oh, as, good for her. As one of the keepers, they're they're doing yeah. Uh, wait, let me. There's there's like soccer skill events don't appeal to me, but hey, you know what? Like just more kind of exposure if it appeals to somebody, gets more out than the product. No skin off my nose. Pretty big prize. Wow. Okay. Hold on. Let me let me pull up the news on this so I get it right. The NWSL is has added the CarMax Skills Challenge presented by Buzz Light. Oh wow, they got two sponsors in the name of the <laughs> It's November 10th, so it'll be on Friday. Uh at 4 p.m. Friday at 4. Perfect having... timing. So there's two teams of NWSL players will compete against each other in a series of competitions, including player shootouts. One goalie representing each team. So Katie Lund is the goalie for one of the teams, I know. And then a two-on-two tech ball match and a crossbar challenge. And the winning team gets uh, $25,000. Rookie of the year, 
Melissa Bright from Orlando, uh, Lola Bonta from Kansas City, and uh, Katie Lund, Denise O'Sullivan from North Carolina Courage. So that'll be fun. All right. Well, listener, as we as we mentioned earlier, we will be doing season recap episodes. One for Louisville City, one for racing. So keep an eye out for that. We'll we'll talk through in 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 thorough detail. Hopefully, have some guests joining us. Stay tuned. Um, but yeah, and I guess we'll kind of be figuring out what our our off season plans are because that might kind of wind things down. But we'll we'll talk it through. We'll figure out what we uh, what we're wanting to do. And we're trying to do some interviews needed. like we did last season. Not yeah. not a weekly like we have been, yeah. but maybe yeah, Get one something. or two episodes a month. Do some interviews. Talk to some people. Yeah. So thank you for tuning in and we will uh, we'll catch you guys next week with our recaps. Take care. Vamos Morados. Bye y'all. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.